0: Herzlich willkommen zum Modellansatz, der mathematische Podcast aus Karlsruhe mit Gudrun Täter und Sebastian Ritterbusch. Hello, today in my office. Um, I'm sitting together with Claire Harvey. She is a student or has been a student here at Karlsruhe University um, in principle only for a year because her study course is NTEC, which consists of two years in two different countries. Nevertheless, for us, the important part was her time here in Karlsruhe because this was the um, opportunity where we met. (coughs) She was... Um, looking for someone accompanying her uh, during her master's seasons, And um, also for me, this was really a fascinating topic. Because, uh, that's why I was happy to do that. And now we are at the end of this period. The master thesis is handed in. Um, the company has to be happy with uh, what the result of the half year is. I think it is. <laughs> Hopefully yes and um, uh, that's a good moment um, to see back and to talk about uh, firstly the problem, then the modeling part and the results of your master thesis, which you did in Berlin. so when you uh, started your internship and then later your master thesis there was what what was the situation what was the problem they expected you to solve um, so uh, in the beginning of the Master
1: thesis and the internship we had a sort of broad theme for the master thesis let 's say um, I knew that I was going to be in the field of microgrids and um, simulating energy flows within a district, um, but the field was pretty broad, and yeah, I had to start at the company and see actually what they do there and what would be beneficial um for the company itself and um, so, while I was there working in the internship in the, in the beginning, um, I quickly realized that um, perhaps a single simulation of a microgrid is not so um, appropriate for the work they do, and there was other tools that might be more helpful um, in their in their day to day work and what, and what they do so um, they, they have uh, they developed and operate this microgrid in in Berlin. Um, and they're looking to take this concept into new sustainable districts in, um, around Germany. Um, so they're involved in the pre-planning of these new sustainable districts, and with this kind of thing, usually there's lots of different partners involved, um, so lots of different stakeholders um, having different inputs into the project. Um, and when I first began, they were starting to utilise this um geographical information systems uh, software so that's basically a lot of information on um mapping software and from that you can do a lot of analysis um spatial analysis um as well as the visualization of the district um so coming from an energetic planning perspective i was looking at how how i could be of use um within this within this uh, field um so I thought it would be a good idea to look at how we could use this software and also connect it to simulation software
0: what would be nice is what is a microgrid what okay. uh, can we imagine our so kind of an inner picture what this is about yes so a microgrid is a very small a small scale um, electrical grid um which yeah. means there are persons or machines which produce energy and other ma- machines which use that energy, and there is a connection in between. Exactly, And yeah. so you have like knots and connections between these knots and a few. Um, so they have different properties like a uh, few produce energy and others just use the same energy. But in general, you do not consider this to be connected uh, to the wide world, but it's kind of uh, something small which, it, which manages it's, itself.
1: Uh, yeah typically in microgrids, the definition is that they are able to operate self sufficiently um, but in the context of um grids connected microgrids often they they don't work self sufficiently so they're connected to the main uh grid as well um, The sort of advantage of 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 microgrids is is that they are largely self sufficient so been able to produce and consume their own energy locally um is the is the concept of of microgrids? Mm. So looking how that can these can be integrated into um, districts um, is the is the field that the thesis. Was.
0: Mm. And it's kind of a new idea, which is not so old, because it only started with the possibility of um, people producing energy on their rooftop, for example. Or... Yeah, exactly. The mi- microgrids were more commonly.
1: Used for, let's say, like rural electrification, so places where yeah, it was it's impossible un- to connect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. Um, either there or places in in North America. There was a lot of microgrids implemented, which were for uh, resilience reasons. So if the if the main grid went down, then it was able to operate independently. So it's sort of a new thing that we're seeing in Europe um, popping up a lot more as we have this decentralised generation and um, more solar panels and smaller scale electrical genera- generation um having microgrids um is becoming more more common um in within cities
0: mm. yeah of course you have um the advantage that you kind of know better how much energy you will use and at what times uh, during the day because you have like a typical behavior in your building or in the number of buildings in your neighborhood. So like if you would consider a hospital or something like that, then it's kind of very clear what kind of energy you will need. So what kind of electricity and heating and light. Mm-hmm. And um, <clears throat> then you can kind of try to build the producing site according to that. And if you see uh, problems occurring, you can try to shift needs around if it's possible. Yeah, that's one thing that's... Um been looked into a lot right now is, is
1: demand side management so looking looking more at how we use energy at what times of the day and trying to work out smart ways uh how to distribute that usage um so that's something in microgrids that will be important in the future um to to change change the way that we use energy so it um matches um the production that we have locally
0: yeah. Of course, the idea is that if you stay local, it's easier to manage. If you try to manage something like this, for example, for the whole of Germany, then people will consider this as being unacceptable. Yeah. (laughs) Or it's even impossible to uh, put this uh, useful um, demands. And this is where the
1: sort of concept of the cellular energy Mm. um, network came about, der cellular Ansatz to the energy uh, sector. Mm. Um, So if you can control. Um, the balancing of supply and demand at the lowest possible level, then it makes it a lot easier. So if you have um, a building as one energy cell um, and then that's connected to the other buildings in the same street, which is connected to a district, um, these if these cells are balanced in themselves, it makes it easier to control the whole mm-hmm. system.
0: So you were referring to the fact that and um, there is some planning for building new districts or whatever the size of a district is um, near Berlin um, where from the very beginning in the planning phase the idea is that they should produce their own energy and be self-sustainable and um, of course um, you then you need a lot of information of before you can plan that so what would be a typical information which you try to collect um so yeah as i said
1: there's lots of different uh stakeholders involved in the very mm. beginning of the project um so of course the building footprints themselves from the architects and information on what type of buildings are planned for the district
0: um so it's like buildings where people live or yeah. hospital or kindergarten yeah. or some f- um offices or, yeah yeah so the type of building
1: mm. um and its layout in the district was the sort of first point of information you have. Um, as well as this like the number of floors and um the type of roof and, and things like that. Um and its its geographical location, first of all. Um and from an energy point of view you can estimate or um yeah, estimate the sort of typical demand for that kind of building from different standards and so on. Um, So that was sort of the first point to calculate the estimated annual energy demand um, to be able to be refined further in the process as you have more information with occupancy and um, building type, the material types used. It can become more detailed later in the process but from some um, very basic first parameters you can get a good estimation of what the demand might be um, and then on the supply side from the roof area the direction of where the roof is facing and uh, yeah the geographical location again you could estimate the, the potential for pv supply in that area
0: photovoltaic supply photovoltaic supply yes i'm uh, just starting to learn all these uh, abbreviations <laughs> um, so from my naive idea would be if you plan from the very beginning to be self sustainable, then I would expect um, the roofs to be still flexible, so like um uh, I would think that if you plan to put solar panels on the roof, then you would use the geographical information. Uh, in order to see what kind of ranges make sense um, so what kind of roofs would be useful exactly, and I think that 's something the the
1: architects now now plan for um, as yeah as, as well as the building engineers for um, the direct the right facing of the building, so it requires less heating demand and so on. the building materials used, so these houses planned for the district have quite a high efficiency mm. already um
0: yeah so um, what was the idea about um, what your master thesis should contain at the very beginning at the very beginning Hmm. before going to the company yeah we could start there why not (laughs) okay so yeah I think I said before originally it was um... yeah because that's kind of a a moment when you make the decision if you want to give it a go or if you start with another project for your master thesis maybe somewhere else So it's kind of a, a moment which is an important one as well.
1: Yeah. Well, originally I'd seen that they operated this microgrid in Berlin, and that they were testing lots of different innovative concepts on that on that campus. Um, so I was going to simulate energy flows within a district somewhere, and that was the the wide the wide scope. And then when I got to the company, it was more. Um, The pre-planning stage so it was still a very wide um wide problem still exploring lots of different concepts for the district Mm. so it was more into this um the geographical information system software and having that visualization connected to a database which then connect to different simulation environments so it was flexible depending on what the client wanted to be simulated Mm. it would have the framework there in order to carry out those simulations, so I started off. Started off thinking that I would be simulating a whole district energy flows with specific supplies,
0: demands, different technologies. So, what kind of information can you get from um, geographical information systems? So, be to be a little bit more precise there. Um, so, uh, geographical information systems is a huge, huge topic in
1: itself. From um, you can get for there's a lot of open data out there so from OpenStreetMap and so mm-hmm. on you can download maps in different formats um which uh, show land use they show the topology of a region if you need that and there's lots of different maps you can download that shows different information about about a region um also information on where roads and transport stops are um so it's basically a mapping a mapping system, but also within that you can store a lot of data and non-spatial data as well. Um, so it's got huge potential for, for lots of different aspects. And that's another thing of why um, the GIS software was good for the company, because they focus not only on the energetic planning, but also um, a lot on electromobility and communication network, which also can be input on the same project file. So where the optimum charging points would be within the district and the communication infrastructure, so um, cables and things like that, could all be integrated in the one one software.
0: And uh, where do you get the information about the expected weather things? Because um, with all the renewable energies, you need wind and sun. And somehow um, to, to use that in order to produce energy, you have to have a approximate knowledge about that.
1: Yes, yeah, so it's the, the German Weather Service um provides provides uh test year data for I think it's uh one kilometer squared um it's also like a grid. Yeah, yeah. a
0: different one. Yeah. <laughs> a spatial grid. Hmm. Yes
1: um so for if you have the coordinates of your district it provides um data on the um on the temperature and the wind speed and the radiation values from the sun, different ones that you can then um, which you can then use to calculate the, the PV potential and so on and also use these temperature especially the temperature um, values for which affects the, the heating demand calculations, stuff like that so um, I think the, they provide you a test reference your data of um, which gives the averages over the past 15 years or so. And then you can use these values, use the extreme values as well, in order to uh, design for your system. Mm. So that was this and for Germany. And then also, um, I think NASA provides worldwide meteorological and weather data that's, that you can download from online. So there are
0: sources out there that you can, open sources out there that you can use. That's mm. kind of... Um... Um, a result of uh, using renewable energy for quite a few time now, <laughs> that we need to really this information out, yeah, and uh, in order to be able to use that for planning phases. Um, so, and so this sounds to me like um, making um, estimates about how, if there is the possibility to produce enough photovoltaic energy is kind of not so complicated in the sense that um, you know enough about uh, the expected weather and then um, you know something about the uh, um, plane space you have uh, available and then you need a little bit of approximation how you can use that because you can't use it really 100%. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, there is you can do very
1: basic calculations which use a lot of assumptions to begin with and actually the values you get from these um, calculations um, tend to be fairly accurate, I mean, even though there's a lot of assumptions used. Although, of course, from an engineer's perspective, you, you want to go a little bit more detailed and calculate You know, the position of the sun in that particular coordinate and also the type of PV modules used and inverters used in the system will affect um, the generation output. Um, But to get a preliminary um, estimation of how much PV potential there is, there is quite fairly simple formulas you can use for that and use the data um, provided by the Weather Service.
0: Mm -hmm. So the side of finding out how much energy is really um, a typical amount of energy which is used might be the more complicated part. Um,
1: Yeah, and also the... The, the times that it is, is produced, of course. So uh, like a profile of energy usage. Yeah, exactly. Mm. So it's important to have time series of um the generation and how that matches alongside the demand. Um in order to be able to design the rest of the system um, yeah to ensure sort of self self sufficiency. And that's where yeah. the storage um the storage technologies come into play as well as um also using the um pv potential for like heating technologies heat pumps and heat storage so if you're not using the electrical energy just store it as heat and then um use the heat later
0: on yeah but this was not really part of um your master thesis. this was more like the horizon um uh, to which it should go exactly this is the yeah, this is the the, the concept that's for the
1: um, supply system, but that will all need to be uh, yeah simulated as well. But the first step was, of course, the demand and the electrical supply.
0: Mm-hmm. So, did you feel well prepared during the, uh, through the things you learned in your study course um, for doing this type of work? Um, yeah, I mean, from the past couple of years,
1: we've got a broad. Um, I had quite a broad education on renewable systems in general. The first year was a lot focused on the um, different types of renewables and photovoltaic energy. So knowing the actual science behind that was definitely beneficial in when I was preparing the simulations um, in terms of programming and modelling. Um, there wasn't as much, I think, that prepared me um, for that. Um, I think more in my second year at KIT, there was more subjects on offer that sort of looked at energy systems and how they interact with each other and um, the more modelling side. Um, but then when you go to a company, and it's it's quite different from um, the subjects you study, I think, in the master's programme, um, but definitely all... Uh, everything I learned provided uh, me with a base knowledge that uh, was definitely beneficial in that, in the master thesis.
0: (laughs) Where did you start your study course? Um, So I was in
1: Lisbon for the first year in uh, Technical University there. Um, So I was there for the full first year and my specialisation was renewable energy. So we had Since I came from a mechanical engineering kind of background, um, I had a lot of subjects in electrical engineering um, and then specialised in renewable energy courses in photovoltaics, offshore wind, um, and so on. So that was one year of courses in Lisbon. Um, Then after that, uh, that's when I came to Karlsruhe and then my specialisation here was decentralised power supply, grid integration. So
0: yeah, this was then sounds like it preferred should have prepared you. <laughs> yeah, it's a yeah, it sounds like it's exactly
1: well, it's my field of interest, and mm-hmm. um, so here we had more um, subjects about transmission and grid control. So quite deep electrical engineering um, subjects as well as yeah, energy systems analysis that I mentioned before, which is how um it interacts with the economics and different sectors and so on. and um, that was just for half a semester here before the before the yes. thesis.
0: It Sounds like almost no time to really go into something more deep, yes. <laughs> yeah, but it's kind of a thing that you need a little bit of time to see, a little bit of theory. Uh, where you get the feeling it might be a little bit too superficial, but it should um, make like a horizontal view on possibilities. And then um, it's always necessary to have the one point where oneself has to understand things fully, mm-hmm. so to go deep down. And uh, it's not so bad to make this like the master thesis. Yeah. Of course, you need. Um, before that, you need to know what your interests really are, because otherwise, you spend six months with something you feel really not comfortable with.
1: <laughs> no, I think yeah, I think that's why the sort of two year masters is quite good for that. The first year, I think for me, because um, renewable energies and and so on was a fairly new you know topic. It was good for the first year to get a broad overview mm-hmm. on the different technologies, quite deep into the engineering of. Um, of the of this technologies um and then after that you have sort of time to realize the fields that you're interested in and then work there in your in the master thesis in the final final part
0: yes um where do you, did you come from uh, with your mechanical engineering degree um so i studied in in glasgow and
1: it was it was a course that was in the mechanical engineering department, but it wasn't necessarily full mechanical engineering. So the title of the degree was product design engineering. So actually there, uh,
0: yeah. (laughs) Sorry, I'm just (laughs) laughing because this sounds like there was some idea that we should uh, find a name which is attractive to women.
1: (laughs) Well, actually, yeah, I think there was a third woman in that course compared to the mechanical engineering. Um, I think when I was 16, 17 in the school's careers fair, I went to... Um, someone at the Careers Fair and said, Well, I like maths and I also like art and then I think they circled this course and then I thought it actually was a, a it was a really interesting course because we we did the same subjects as mechanical engineers at Glasgow University and then one day a week we went to the art school, which was a completely different culture, let's say, from, yeah. from the university. And we the idea was that you apply this engineering knowledge into design design projects. Um so yeah, it was it was um an interesting course that had sort of the mix between um problem solving in a in a engineering sense and you know getting the very technical subjects at the university but then also trying to apply this to um new products or new ideas um in the art school. So that's that's where I came from before and I'd had a couple of um projects in the energy fields through university so the first one that really sort of got me interested was a an interdisciplinary design project with um so we had the product design engineers mechanical chemical um, electrical who all came together for a project which was a renewable local renewable heat uh, district heating project um and that sort of really got me interested in the beginning. And then I had another course on energy storage and I'd always been interested in sustainability and renewable energy. Um, so the uh, when I heard about this energy course, it sounded like it could be the perfect next step, and it was.
0: So did you always plan um, to make a master's? No, 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 not at all. I mean, I, uh,
1: actually, my... Engineering degree from the UK. It's, it is a master's already. It's already a master's. It's so like yeah. an integrated master's. So yeah, that was already five years of education. I don't think my parents expected me to study anymore after that. Yeah, to earn some money. <laughs> um, so I did have a job offer back in Glasgow, um, but then I, um, an Italian guy who'd done his Erasmus in Glasgow, came back and did a presentation on, InnoEnergy energy that I happened to go along to. Um, so it kind of seemed a bit good, too good to be true, the the course offer. It's quite unique and also with back then the possibility for scholarships and so on to help you be able to do it, to live abroad and to other countries and then also study sustainable energy um, was such a great opportunity that I thought, okay, I will give it a go.
0: Hmm. Now, of course, there's kind of two things um, these type of courses wanted to achieve. One thing is that... From the very beginning, the course is interdisciplinary Mm -hmm. in what we teach, so between mechanical and electrical energy and economy. All three together are really important uh, to understand, but then also to bring together people from all over Europe. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's why there's also this forcing you to go to at least two different universities during two years, which is kind of mad. Yeah,
1: (laughs) yeah, it's definitely mad. Yeah, in especially is... Very diverse people from all over, all over the world, coming together. Um, so you really learn a lot—not just in the technical education, but yeah, cultural, culturally, and having to adapt to these different situations is, yeah,
0: it's definitely a big learning experience in in other ways as well. So, what are your um, hopes and plans now? Where do you want to turn to in Europe? Um so I have just
1: deregistered at Karlsruhe like one hour ago. <laughs> so um, that's me officially no longer a student. Um, and I'm about to board a plane to fly to Lisbon for my graduation uh, with my peers. And I will be there for one week. And I will go back to Berlin and then start looking for opportunities in Europe. And it comes the sort of decision of, of where I want to be. Um, I would be happy to I would be happy to stay in Germany for a while um and improve improve my German and if I could find opportunities in the fields um at the same time I would also be happy to go back home and there's a lot of opportunities there in the in the renewables industry um so yeah right now I'm not sure I know that I, I know that I'm interested in this field that I've been working in decentralized power supply um and the next step, will be looking for opportunities within that. But I'm quite open to to where that will be. Um, Yeah. Um, After the past couple of years, I realised how it is possible to sort of make your home in different places, so...
0: Yeah. Of course, then also having, like, um, a home with your peers, you know. At least I had this feeling um, when I visited you in Berlin... And we had this kind of day uh, where we spoke about problems or chances, however you want to put it, um, influencing the society, that uh, renewable energy and that we can really have um, a chance to prevent climate change, things like that. And then um, seeing everybody uh, working together and um, with so interesting different backstories and um, all of them burning for the new type of um, production of energy was really nice yeah it's really it's exciting to see where
1: everyone is going to end up in the next couple of months you know and um, yeah they a good thing of the course there's always people and you know, energy people in some city across europe doing some interesting things whether it's with big companies or small startups or research institutes um, yeah it's, it's good to have that kind of network of, of people all interested in the same kind of goals but doing, doing different things um, towards it so yeah it'll be an exciting couple of months to see where everyone ends up
0: mm. including myself so Thank you very much for taking the time today um, talking to me about your experience with the master's thesis in microgrids mm-hmm. Thank you very much